good to see you here this morning. Uh, it's kind of odd, kind of weird preaching. Uh, I guess this is the first time I've ever had to preach back-to-back sermons. So maybe I'll preach this sermon better than I did it the first time about an hour ago. Who knows? Or it might be worse. Who knows? But it's always an honor and a privilege to stand before God's people and preach. And uh, I'll ask this service the same question I asked the last service. How many of you easily get distracted? Easily get distracted. Exactly. It's, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to get distracted. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So I know you guys have been standing up, down, up, down. That's all right. Can you stand one more time for the reading of God's Word? Just one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians, it's on the board. If, if you don't want to turn there, that's okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. It says, This I speak for your own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. That you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We, we just thank you for all your blessings. Lord, what a... So blessed we are to just come here and sing praises and worship you and just the songs that we've sang about your blood and about you leaving the 99 for us and... Just the reckless love you have for us that you just love us more than we could ever imagine. Lord, I pray that we set aside distractions, set aside the weight that weighs us down this morning, and we just focus on you and your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Distractions. Distractions come in all forms, ways, fashions. Distractions hit you left and right. Distractions hit you when you least expect it. When you are focused in on something, something will distract you. Something will catch your attention to get your attention away from what you're supposed to be focused, focused on to what God has called you to do. And it's very easily in distraction. That's what it is. It pulls you from your attention. It pulls you from what God has called you to do. And in the Bible... The word distraction is not really mentioned that many times, but if you know your Bible, if you read your Bible, you will constantly see people who were distracted from what God had called them to do. God had called them to a higher calling, called them to do big and mighty things, and they got distracted. They got off course. And it starts in the very, very beginning in Genesis. We'll talk about Eve just for a second. When Eve got distracted by Satan, Genesis chapter 3, God created man and woman, created them in his own image. And God told Eve one thing. He said, you can, you can eat this tree, you can eat this tree, you can eat this tree, but this tree, I don't need you to eat from it. I don't need you to take the fruit from this tree, the tree of knowledge. You, you just don't need to uh, eat from this tree. But Satan lured Eve in, very manipulative doing what Satan does best, trying to talk you out of what God says. God just said one thing. He said, don't eat of this tree. And then Satan asked Eve a question. He said, did God really say you couldn't eat of this tree? Because, see, that's what God, that's what Satan does. He tries to question what God says. He tries to distract what God says. And he said, did God really say, Eve, come on now, be serious. Did, did he really say you couldn't eat from this tree? And so what Eve falls for this little distraction. She falls for this trick. And then what she do? She eats bad fruit. And if you know the story, God shows back up on the scene. 
And he says, Adam, Eve, where, where are you? And Adam says, Lord, we're hiding. And he says, why are you hiding for? He said, because we were naked. And I mean, don't get me wrong, if I was naked and somebody showed up, I guess I'd go hiding too. But uh, here we are, they're hiding. And he said, whoa, 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 how did you know you were naked? Did, did you eat of the tree? And then, of course, Adam, he tries to blame it on the woman. He said, well, Eve, you know, she gave me this fruit. And uh, but that, that's what happened. She got distracted. Mark chapter 4, verse 19, you don't have to turn there. It says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. It chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. See, Eve thought she was getting fruit, good fruit from a tree, and she wasn't, if it boils down to it, she wasn't really getting any fruit at all because God told her not to. And that verse right here says the, the riches creep in, the deceitfulness, the unrighteousness, and it becomes unfruitful. So Eve, I guess you can say God created the very first woman, and, and the woman just messed it up for everybody. Right? End of story. Game over. We go no further. But then there's many other people who messed up in the Bible, just like you and I. The next one I want to talk about is Samson. Samson. You can read all about Samson in the Bible. Judges 13 through 16 tells the whole life story of Samson. And if you know anything about Samson, Samson had long hair, right? That's where he got his strength and power from. He had long hair. And so in this quarantine, I've, I've been thinking, like, I'm going to be like Samson. I'm going to let my hair grow out. So I'm going to be strong and mighty. My hair don't grow like it used to. And um, I, I told people this in this first service. Every time Lauren looks at me, she says, first, before she asks, she just looks at me and she's just like, and I'm like, you got a problem? She said, when are you going to get a haircut? I'm like, I think I'm going to let it grow out. And then again, she's like, you know, you know what people saying. They don't even have to say anything. And she's like, no, you're not letting that hair grow out. Now, 15 years ago, if I was letting my hair grow out, it'd probably be down my back because I ain't had a haircut in a long time. But Samson had it going on. He had the long hair. Some girls like that. Some girls like the long hair. He had the strength because that's what God gave him. He had power to, to slay off giants, to, to kill anybody he really wanted to because that's what God called him to do. He was a judge, and he, and he, he had the power and the strength. But then along comes Delilah. And we know the story, Delilah, at first, Samson doesn't give in. She goes back and forth with Samson. And she says, tell me, tell me where you get your strength from. Tell me what causes this. And he kind of he plays games with Delilah, like most men probably like to play games with women. That's what Samson was trying to do. And she'd get his men, and she'd come in and try to destroy Samson, and he'd fight him off. He'd kill him. And then finally she said, you're making me look like a fool. You're not, you're not being honest with me. And the Bible says, finally, one day Samson gave his heart to Delilah. That means Samson poured out everything to Delilah, and he told her the truth. He said, if you want to know, paraphrasing here, he said, if you want to know my power, it comes from my hair because the Lord told me not to cut my hair, and that's where I get my strength from. That's where I get my power. And so Delilah's like, aha, I got you now. See, Samson got distracted. Samson got distracted by Delilah, and in his sleep, men come in and cut his hair, and he loses all strength. He loses all power. They tie him up. They bound him. They take him to a palace, to a place, and he's lost all strength. In Judges chapter 16, verse 28, Samson calls to the Lord. He said, oh God, remember me. And he says, just this one time, give me strength. 
Just as, basically, he's saying, I'll never ask again. Just this one time. You ever get yourself in a bind and you get yourself in trouble and you're like, oh, Lord, please, if you'll just, if you'll just take this away from me, I'll, I'll never sin again. I think the Lord just kind of laughs at that because he's like, I know that's not going to happen. Or, Lord, if you'll get me out of this situation, I promise I'll, I'll, start, I'll, I'll even start going to Sunday school if you do this for me. And then next Sunday comes, you don't have Sunday school. You don't show up to Sunday school. It's like we, we want to beg to God for, for our favor. And Samson says, just this one time, will you give me strength? One time, give me my power back. God doesn't say, no, Samson, you had your shot. You missed it. You cut your, cut your locks off your hair. I'm not going to give you no more strength. God, God grants him his prayer, gives him his strength. And if you know the story, he rips the beams down. The whole place falls. Everybody dies, including Samson. To me, that's a life that was cut way too short who had a calling from God to have all this strength, to have all this power, to be a judge over all these people, a life cut short because he got distracted by the things that, not just Delilah, but the things that Satan threw at his way. Samson, just like Eve, got distracted. Now this next one, this next person I want to talk about, this person gets distracted a lot. A lot, lot. Probably more than anybody in the Bible. David. David gets distracted. If you read about David's life in the Bible, all this stuff that David does, and then all, this, all the books that he writes in Psalms, it's just distraction after distraction after distraction. You see the high of David, then you see the low of David. Then you see the high of David, then you see the low of David. He continues to get distracted over and over and over. And there's a number of people in the Bible that you get distracted by relationships, by lust. Sexuality is a massive distraction for many people. And David was no different. David was no different than you and I. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 says, In the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David... David remained in Jerusalem. Now, I'll take this verse, and it says, In the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David was a king, right? David should have been going off to war. Like, he was, he was supposed to be leading his army into battle. But what David do? Stayed in Jerusalem. David knew exactly what he was doing because David got distracted. And if you know the story with David and Bathsheba, he, he goes up on the rooftop see something that he likes. And I can, I can almost guarantee you it wasn't the first time he had been on that rooftop. It wasn't the first time that he had laid eyes on Bathsheba. He knew exactly what he was getting into. David was king, and he let his responsibilities go because he was distracted. Satan distracted David just like he did Samson, just like he did Eve. And David got so distracted that his life became a mess. He got Bathsheba pregnant, and the thing about it is, this is where the story gets interesting, Uriah was Bathsheba's husband, and he was in David's army. So David knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly what he was doing. So he sends Uriah out on the front line of battle because he knows he's going to get killed. And that'll clean up his mess, right? Just make, You ever realize when you try to clean up your mess, you make a bigger mess? If you don't try to let God handle it, if you don't go to God and ask for forgiveness... And just try to clean up your own mess. 
it just makes for a bigger mess. All these things David did in 2 Samuel, in the very last verse, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 27, it says, all these things that David did, this displeased the Lord. This displeased the Lord. Unfortunately, all your distractions that come when you get distracted from the Lord displeases the Lord. When God has laid out a path for you to walk and you get off path, it displeases the Lord. David displeased the Lord. And if you know, if you know the story, it goes on the next chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 12. He takes Bathsheba in. They have a baby. They have a kid. And the kid gets sick. The kid's born sick. And eventually that kid dies. Because of the consequences and the results of David's distraction, of David's sin. And I said it in the first service this morning. I can't imagine my distraction from what the Lord has called me and my sin causing my little baby girl to be sick, causing my child to die. If somebody come up, that's even hard for me to say. If somebody come up to you and said, your child is sick and your child is dying and it's your fault. Man, David, you know David couldn't sleep. I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. You know David, this was on his mind every night, every day. One more I want to talk about and then I'm going to get into three points. Luke chapter 10. You can turn there if you want. Luke chapter 10. We're going to read the last couple verses out of Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. We're going to talk about Martha. Martha in the Bible, if you know Martha, she had a sister named Mary, and then they had a brother named Lazarus. And we know the story in Luke chapter 11, Lazarus gets sick. But in this one, Jesus is just coming to visit. We're going to pick up in verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, all, and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answers and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Mary got distracted with life. Mary got busy, caught up. You see, my first Eve, Samson, and David, they got distracted by other people. Martha just got distracted by life. She, got, she said, I got to make sure dinner's cooked. I got, she, even though Jesus was coming over, she had to make sure everything else was perfect. And her sister, Mary, she took a whole different approach. She had a complete 180 about this situation than Martha did. Mary said, you know what? I don't care what needs to be done. Jesus is coming I'm going to bow at his feet. We're told that Mary is mentioned three times in the New Testament. And all three times, she is at Jesus' feet. And Martha is usually off somewhere else. She had a choice to make. Martha chose to not be in the presence of the Lord, even though the presence of the Lord was near. Did you know you can come to church this morning? And I have no, no doubt that the presence of the Lord is here. No doubt. But you can come in here and be in the presence of the Lord and miss the presence of the Lord. Does that make sense? 
you can miss God's presence just by being what? Distracted. You can come in here and all kinds of things going on and you say, well, how do you come to church and not have the presence of the Lord? It happens week after week. The same people come through and sit in the, the same pews and they sing the same songs and they sing to the same God we're singing to, but they're not in the presence of the Lord. And this is kind of where Martha found herself. Jesus was at her house physically and she wasn't in the presence of the Lord because she got distracted. She got sidetracked. Three points I want to make. I told the first service, I'd really like to say there's, uh, I just made up a number, there's 237 points I'd like to make about distractions because that's probably what I could say. There's so many things that distract us, but I'll just, I, I chipped away and narrowed it down to three, so you're welcome. Number one, distractions causes you to lose your identity. Distractions cause you to lose your identity. Think of David and Samson that we talked about. A king and a judge. David lurking around up on the roof knew what he was getting himself into when he was supposed to be leading his army to battle. David knew. Samson knew. Because of the distractions, their identity got pulled from them. David was up on the roof thinking, man, like, I, I got to get with this Bathsheba woman. That wasn't who God called David to be. That was not who David was. He lost his identity through all of that. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Distractions cause you to lose your identity. My second point, distractions cause you to lose focus. Distractions cause you to lose focus. Eve got lured in by Satan. She lost focus on what God had said. And heard what Satan had said. This right here tells you everything you need to know about life. How to make it through life. I, if there's something that you can say, you know what I'm struggling with. And God's word just don't, don't tell me how to, how to do that. Please, please tell me. Please show me. But I also want to show of hands. How many has the book that Satan wrote that we're supposed to live by? Nobody? No. Because Satan didn't write a book for us to live by. God wrote his book for us to live by. And Eve, she got so caught up, she got so distracted that she physically heard from God. Do not eat of this tree. Heard from his word. We hear from God's word every day, yet we listen to what Satan has to say. That is so, that is so when you stop and let that sink in and say, man, he has laid everything out right here for me. You may be here and have kids that's gone down the wrong path. Or even parents, you may be a kid and sit and have a parent went down the wrong path. And you're thinking, man, how, how did they steer from God's word? Can I tell you one word? Distractions. They got distracted on what God called them to do. Nothing intentionally that you did. They just got distracted. They let Satan creep in. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, finisher of our faith. Looking, that could say focusing on Jesus, looking on Jesus, putting your focus on Jesus, putting your attention on Jesus, putting your trust in Jesus, most importantly, putting your life in Jesus. You remember when Peter walked on the water, took about three steps and he started to sink, went down, probably started flapping like fish in the water. Why? Because he lost focus, because he took his eyes off Jesus. He got distracted. 
by something. He got distracted with doubt. Like, I can't do this, Lord. I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he got distracted. God calls us to do something. God's not going to call us to do something we can't do. Amen? God's not going to call you to do something and be like, boy, I'm going to sit back and watch this. It's going to be a miserable fail right here. God's not going to call you to do something that he's not going to complete a work and finish in you. The third thing, I got fancy with it. I'm about to rhyme, okay? I'm about to spit a beat right here. Distraction keeps you from the attraction. That's the best I got. Distraction keeps you from the attraction. We talked about Martha and how she got so tied up in making sure everything was just perfect. She wanted to make sure, like I said, the house was clean, dinner was ready, dishes washed, everything. Because Jesus was coming over. She got so tied up that she missed, she missed the main attraction. And you remember Jesus told her in Luke 10, 42, he said, your sister Mary, she's chosen the good thing. She's chosen the right thing. She's did exactly what's right. And so I always like asking a question in my sermon. I can't go to a sermon without asking y'all a question, right? Because it just, it just wouldn't be like me. So my question is simple. What's distracting you? What's distracting you? What is keeping you from the Lord? And the first one I list, to put on my list was, is it, is it your job? Is it your work? Because that's what distracts me. I get so tied up in my job that I, I lose focus. I lose my identity. I miss the attraction because of my job. And then I put friends. Because whether you believe it or not, your friends will distract you from serving the Lord. Is it family? Will family keep you from serving the Lord? And then my last one, and you're probably not going to believe I'm about to say this. Does church, does church distract you from the Lord? And you say, now, does church, what do you mean does church? Because here's the problem. Here's the thing. So many of you come in and out each and every week, and you're so distracted by everything that's going on inside here. You're distracted by what other families have done, what you've heard about this family, or, or I don't think this family does this, or oh, I'm surprised they've been here. You get so distracted, you miss the main purpose we're here for, and that's to worship Jesus. That's to serve the Lord. We get so distracted in church. You know, and I, I didn't want even think of that. I was putting my notes, and I'm like, you know what? Church can be a distraction too, if we let it, because we come here, and we go through the motions, and we, and we, we forget while we're here and I have no doubt that there's people in here this morning that are distracted let's just be honest show of hands how many got distracted by Tucker and Emily walking across about five times very easy to do right because can I tell you something it didn't matter what they were doing you got distracted by something my point of that being was it takes the smallest things to distract us it takes stuff that don't even matter yes that was planned they just didn't do that just them get it didn't matter what they was going to the other side so be it let them go but that 10 seconds see, I could have said something that could have changed your life in those 10 seconds but you got distracted by I'm sure by the second and third time you was like what is these kids doing I'm sure Robbie's back there about to fit to be tied watching Tucker go back and forth and Tucker said Mamie's gonna slap me upside the head after church for getting up so many times but it's so easily to get distracted over things that don't even matter the littlest things can distract us. I'll close with a, co a quote with Beth Moore. If whoever's singing wants to come on. Beth Moore, she writes women's Bible studies and, and women's books and, and all these things. And I don't read the women's books, but I come across a quote that she had said, and I was like, man, that goes right along with, right along with my sermon. 
because it had one word in it. It had the word distractions in it. And it said, if failures, or it said, if, if destruction fails to entangle you. You know what entangle means, right? It means you just get all watered up, a mess. If destruction fails to entangle you, distractions will try its very best. And that's exactly what Satan does. He tries his very best to distract you. Was I trying to distract you all on purpose this morning? Absolutely not. I wanted you to stay focused because it doesn't matter about the little things that try to distract us. But we let so many little things distract us. Daniel's about to sing a song called Bring It to the Table. And it says, bring it all to the table for there ain't nothing he hasn't seen. And I think we, we get so tied up in thinking, man, I, I don't know if anybody can fix this mess or not. And what, when we say that in our head, when we say, I don't know if anybody can fix me, we're talking about humans. Because if you, if you doubt that Jesus can fix you, you need to come to an altar and ask Jesus to fix you. You need to ask Jesus to, to get rid of distractions in your life, whether it's job, friends, family, children, grandparents, church. Just ask him, say, Lord, just get these distractions out of my life. Help me find my identity. Help me find who you've called me to be. Help me focus in on what your word says. Help me realize the main attraction and get rid of distraction. Would you stand? Lord, I, I just thank you for the service. I thank you for your word. I thank you for just the opportunity to gather in a setting like this and just to worship you and to praise your name. And Lord, I pray if there's people here that's distracted, distracted from your word, or they may be a couple here distracted in their marriage that's took complete focus off of of you being the center of their attention. Father, I pray that you would just work in hearts, work in lives this morning. We'll give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name.